With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. is the full press coverage Panthers podcast. Thank you for making us a part of your weekend or week. We were off last week. Um, was over in Roanoke and uh, need, needed a week off. as crazy week with work and everything else going on. Um, so anyways, but we are back today. I am excited. We are, by the way, let's see. Today is, today's July 18th. So we are less than, we are now less than two weeks away from the end of July. Announcement was made today that training camp will begin. Let me pull this up here. I believe it's supposed to begin here into the month. Um, July 28th is when training camps will open. Um, let's see, training camps open. Let's see, rookies report July 21st. Quarterbacks and injured players report July 23rd. Everybody else is July 28th. Um, this is applicable for our clubs other than Houston and Kansas City. Still no date as to, um, 
there's still no information, I, I don't believe, as to whether or not uh, preseason and, and all of that will happen. But uh, we at least now have dates for training camp. I think we can fill it. I think the NFL with this whole COVID thing is going to be very, very aggressive. This is not the NBA. Um, you, you don't have the uh, political stuff that the NBA is in. And the NBA is very, very international. The NFL is not international at, at all. So this is not the same as them. It's not the same as Major League Baseball in that typically with the NFL, you have a lot more collaboration between the players union and the owners. Now, it doesn't always work out for the players, but it, they're a whole lot more in agreement with each other and a whole lot more collaborative than the way baseball is. So I, I think the NFL is going to happen. Is it something that happens four, four, five weeks and then microphone fell there? Is it something that happens four to five weeks and then all of a sudden we've got all these COVID cases and people are really sick and then they pull back? I don't know. Um, but I, I think the NFL is going to happen. I, I, I don't think they're going to hide stuff. I don't think they're going to fake anything, but I think they're going to find a way to make it happen. Um, so I want to start with this. So there is a story from uh, Cat Scratch Reader, which is the SB Nation Panthers blog. And I'll be honest with you, I, for the most part, ignore a lot of what comes out of SB Nation just because I think it's all fan drivel. Um, typically, whatever side the majority of fans are on, that's the side they they tend to um, they they tend to take sides with. I I don't know why. In I don't know why if you were going to get into this podcasting, blogging, tweeting, whatever. I don't know why you ever feel pressure to take a side on anything. I just think go with what you believe. But they had this really cool article called "Is Teddy Bridgewater a Franchise Quarterback?" And of course. You know, and I love the honesty of this, by the way. He starts off with saying, I will use my own meaningless measuring sticks to determine how likely it is that the Panthers have a franchise guy under center. This is written by D. Bell. I love this, by the way. I love it. It's it's his own measuring stick. He admits, hey, like, this is, I, I don't know if this is accurate. It's just how I look at it. And he looks at charisma arm talent, mental acuity, necessary physical traits, energy, work ethic, timing, openness to change, never say die attitude, which are all to me, I, I like this because I hate when people evaluate quarterbacks based on just stats, like stat guy, get out of here. I want to know how do you affect the team's ability to win? What do I care if you threw for 4,000 yards and ran for another thousand if our team went six and 10? I don't care about that. What do I care about if you get paid a lot of money? I don't care about your ability to get a paycheck. We're never going to have a beer together. I evaluate quarterbacks based on these things. And these things are all things that I believe affect a team's ability to win and affect a quarterback's ability to lead a team to wins. So I loved this article. It's again through Cat Scratch Reader. Is Teddy Bridgewater a good quarterback? When you're done listening to this, Go look it up. It's a great article. I like it. We'll, we'll tweet it out at the end of the show. Here's what I want to do, though. I'm going to give you... Everybody has their quarterback tiers, right? So I'm going to give you mine and show you kind of where Teddy Bridgewater is. Now, I don't do quarterback tiers. I was watching somebody else do this the other day. They had seven tiers of quarterbacks. I'm like, this is silly. Why do we need seven tiers of quarterbacks for 30... We, we only have 32 starters, only out of the 32 starters we have, I think there's only about four or five guys. And again, one of those is going to account for an injury, one or two of them. There's only about four or five guys who I think won't finish out throughout the season. You only need three tiers for this thing. That That's all I've got. And let me tell you, the first tier, this is my elite tier. So 
I think if you're going to divide quarterbacks into tiers, you have to define what does that tier mean. So here's tier one, elite, can change the dynamic immediately for any team in the league. I don't care about roster. I don't care about coach. They could step into any franchise in this league and tomorrow that franchise is completely different because of their presence. I was incredibly critical putting this list together incredibly critical. There's a lot of quarterbacks a lot of you guys would have in your first tier that are not making the cut for me. Here's my first tier and I'm going to explain why. Now, two of them, two of them are your, I think everybody would have in their first tier. Okay. That's Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes. They are in my first tier. Patrick Mahomes tomorrow, he could play for any team. I know any team in the league is going to win 11 games with him behind center. I don't care if it's the Browns. I don't care if you went to Jacksonville tomorrow. Don't care. 11 wins because of Patrick Mahomes. Russell Wilson, again, he could go to any team in this league and tomorrow that team is a playoff team. Here's two more. Tom Brady. Now, before you push back and say, oh, Brady, listen, let's not get into the system quarterback debate. That's a debate everybody loves to take one side or the other. I'm not interested in that. Okay. I don't care about whether Brady's a system quarterback or not. Here's what I know. When Brady has completed a season, he's never missed the playoffs. Not once. He's been in the league forever. He's not once missed the playoffs. Even Peyton did that. You all love Peyton. Aaron Rodgers has done that. You all love Aaron Rodgers. So I can't, because of that, and then I look at what happened this offseason, Brady goes from the Patriots, a great organization, but by the way, let's remember the Patriots pre-Brady were not a great organization, neither was Belichick. Belichick, in fact, was about one season away from getting fired, Bledsoe gets injured, Brady goes in, and the rest is history. So Brady, I think, has to be in here because he's going from the Patriots to Tampa, again, an organization, past two decades. They haven't been anything. They haven't been able to get the quarterback situation right. They went from projected about seven to eight wins. Now they've got Brady. People people are assuming this team's going to get to the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not. I'm not making that assumption. But the fact that a player, any quarterback, could have that substantial of change on a team like Tampa, they have to be in this list. I don't care about age. I don't care about how far you think you can throw. I don't care. That's all I look at. All right, here's the last quarterback that's in my elite tier. And this one you're going to have questions about, but I'm going to explain it. Because I fought myself on this one. I did. I went, I I said, CJ, there's no way, and as much as I love this guy, there's no way he's an elite quarterback. But then again, I started looking at the record and I started looking at what he's had to work with. And I can't consciously say that this player couldn't go onto any other team and had the same amount of success. But Deshaun Watson is in my elite tier. Here's what I know. He's 24 and 13 as a starter. And that is with Bill O'Brien, who you all keep telling me is terrible. Now, I would make the argument that had he finished his rookie season, he would have three playoff appearances in three seasons with the Houston Texans, an organization that really didn't have a lot of playoff appearances. Now, has he done anything when he's gotten there? No, not yet. But I know this, that Kansas City team that just went and won the Super Bowl, uh, Deshaun Watson had them beat. If it weren't for some terrible decision-making by Bill O'Brien, the Texans win that game in handedly. I, I think there's about 15 other coaches in this league that you could have put in that situation and they would have found a way to win that game, not just by one score, by multiple scores. 
So I know Deshaun Watson. He went toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes and put on a clinic, and Bill O'Brien held him back. Now, I'll agree with you on Bill O'Brien. I don't think O'Brien's that great. I think O'Brien is terrible. I think he's a bad GM. I think he's a worse GM than a coach, but he's a bad coach too. Deshaun Watson has put up with that, and he's 24-13 and as a starter. And he doesn't have, by the way, he doesn't have a division where you're like, you've got dysfunctional Washington and dysfunctional New York. No, he's got a division. He's got a division where you've had Indy, which is at Andrew Luck for two of his three years. You've got a division where you've got Jacksonville, which again, not a great organization. They're terrible right now. But Jacksonville just a couple years ago was in the AFC championship game. And you've got a division with Tennessee. Again, none of these are great teams. But they're all teams that have been managed well enough over the past decade to where they've at least been pretty competitive. And Deshaun Watson is 24-13 and 13 as a starter with Bill O'Brien as his head coach. I can't ignore I can't ignore that. I cannot argue my way to not putting Deshaun Watson in this top tier. Alright, let's go to tier two. So how do I define tier two? Franchise quarterbacks. They've all had down seasons at some point, even when they're healthy. Even when they're healthy, sometimes they have a down year and they miss the playoffs. And they need help in order to win. There's no problem with that, by the way. Getting help is not a bad thing for a quarterback. But I don't think these quarterbacks could step onto any team in the league and still have consistent success year in, year out. Okay, so here's that list. And there's a couple guys, by the way, who I think could be on Tier 1 in the next couple of years, but they're not there yet. One of those guys is Lamar Jackson, who I do like. I know he went and won the NFL MVP, but they ran a they they ran a a historic offense, like an archaic offense, with John Harbaugh, who invented this thing. And I think John Harbaugh is a brilliant coach, and it's an offense that relied heavily on a run game. Again, and on great defense. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. But we've only got a year and a half of this kid so far. I need to see more before I start putting Lamar Jackson in that tier one category. And I, I like the kid. He's just not there yet. So he's tier two for me. Um, ben Roethlisberger, that one's pretty obvious. Cam Newton. Listen, I know I've been I've bashed Cam Newton a lot over these past several weeks. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I think Cam Newton could step on to the field of many organizations and be successful. I think he's going to win games in New England. I don't know that it's a playoff team, but I know he's going to win some games. And he is a guy that for the next two, three years, I think New England can rely on to be their franchise quarterback. Can he stay healthy? I don't know. Can he be coachable with Belichick? I don't know that either. But I know he at least has enough talent and he's got a he's got so he's got such good game instincts by the way too that he can win games and it wouldn't shock me at all if at some point in the next 2 3 years he finds his way into the playoffs that wouldn't shock me um Roethlisberger, by the way I did put on here Roethlisberger is hanging on by thin ice I mean he's barely 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 on here um I just don't, I don't like the way he takes care of himself Roethlisberger should have been tier 1 his whole career I just think he's lazy. It, 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 whenever I look at him, I just think he's lazy. Um, all right, so Lamar Jackson, Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton, Ryan Tannehill, Philip Rivers, Derek Carr. He's hanging on by just a little bit too. I just think Derek Carr with the Raiders, that's an organization with 
just, I mean, a terrible past 20 years history. Terrible. And I don't know that John Gruden's the guy. Um, so I'm giving Derek Carr the benefit of the doubt. I think he would have been more successful with an organization that had built around him. Um, Carson Wentz. This is the other one that I think could move up to tier one at some point. I think Carson Wentz, when healthy, is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And if you look at Philly last year, Philly had nothing. I mean, their best running, their, their best piece of that offense was Miles Sanders. Yeah, Miles Sanders would not start for about a dozen different teams on this league. And I like Miles Sanders, but that can't be a quarterback's best weapon. They had no wide receivers. Wentz was constantly running for his life. No offensive line, no secondary. So he kept getting into shootouts. And somehow this team found a way to make the playoffs. I don't get it. It's, listen, I watched Carson Wentz. There's a couple times he looks really flashy. He doesn't put up the fantasy numbers. But when I look at what they did last year, it's like there's only a handful of quarterbacks that are capable of doing that. And then on top of that, if you go back to their Super Bowl run, like we all remember the Nick Foles game in the Super Bowl, right? What nobody ever talks about is how they got to that position in the first place. That was because of Carson Wentz. So Carson Wentz and Lamar Jackson are both, to me, but they could potentially get into that top tier. If they have a good next couple of years, I'm going to put them there. I wouldn't have Carson Wentz there yet, though, because I just don't know physically what I'm getting. And that, to me, that, that is a part of it. Um, all right, next, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, who I think I've seen just enough of to say he is a Tier 2 quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, again, he's not Tier 1 because he doesn't stay healthy. I mean, you guys want to talk about Carson Wentz injury history. Aaron Rodgers is never healthy. And again, when they are, last year against San Francisco, Aaron Rodgers completely disappeared. You want You can say coaching. You want to say weapons, listen, Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers in the league. They've also got Jimmy Graham. They've got Aaron Jones. They've got, it's not the best weapons in the league, but it's good enough to where Aaron Rodgers shouldn't disappear in a big game like that. And I like Aaron Rodgers, but I think there's about seven or eight teams in this league that if you put him on tomorrow, their success doesn't really change. I don't think if you added Aaron Rodgers onto Jacksonville tomorrow, they win more than five games. They're just that bad. I think Russell Wilson could do more than five wins. I don't think Aaron Rodgers could. Um, Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, Drew Brees. Now, Drew Brees has been very, very successful. He's got a Super Bowl. Here's the thing. Whenever he gets to playoffs, he can't seem to finish the deal. That's number one. Thing number two is he's had a number of seasons where he's been healthy and that team has not made it into the playoffs. So I can't put Drew Brees in tier one. He's close, but he's not been there. Matt Ryan. And then Teddy Bridgewater. Yes, I think Teddy Bridgewater is a Tier 2 quarterback. What is a Tier 2 quarterback? Again, franchise quarterbacks, they've all had down seasons. But even even when healthy, they can have a down season. And they need help in order to win. Teddy Bridgewater, if and when he gets help, he wins games. He was successful in Minnesota when he got help. He was successful in New Orleans, 5-0. and This is a guy that is capable of winning you games with the right pieces around him. I've got no data. I've got nothing that disputes that so far. So he is a tier two quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo. Listen, Jimmy Garoppolo, y'all keep, y'all can say what you want. I think he's 21 and five as a starter. I certainly wouldn't say he's tier one because he wouldn't have that record, um, without the help he's had. 
But at the same time, Kyle Shanahan 3-13 and without him. So it's hard for me to not put Jimmy G in this group. Um, Jared Goff, Kyler Murray, Tua. Now, listen, I'm going to get to Tua in just a second of why I've got him in here. You guys might be saying, like, well, there's no way you can say that Jimmy G is as good as Drew Brees. That's not what I'm saying. Okay? You can pick apart quarterbacks and have different ratings for them off of this list. But I'm, I'm saying there's nothing about Jimmy, about Drew Brees right now that tells me he is significantly better in a completely different category than Jimmy G. And Jimmy G, by the way, last year got to the Super Bowl. Drew Brees knocked out in the playoffs. Look at both of those rosters. I mean, I would argue the Saints have a better roster than the 49ers. And I like Kyle Shanahan. I don't know that he's as good of a coach as Sean Payton. So if you're going to argue... Again, if you're going to tell me that Drew Brees belongs in a different category than Jimmy G, tell me what that's based on. And don't give me stats. I don't care about them. I'm looking at wins and success on the field. That's all I care about. Um, Jared Goff, Kyler Murray, Tua. Now, I put Tua in here just because I've seen enough of Tua to know that he's a great fit in the NFL. I've seen enough of Tua to know that he's got a great arm. He's very, very accurate. And he's really, really smart. He, to me, is a Tier 2 quarterback. I don't know about his health. I don't know how he's going to work in Miami. But I know if you put the right pieces around him, a good offensive line, good receivers, a good tight end, he's going to win you a lot of games. That's what I know. So here's, and then there's Tier 3. Tier 3 is everyone else. Either you're a career backup or I just don't have enough info yet. Okay, so that's everybody else. And then there's um, five guys who I think I don't have enough info on yet, so I put them in tier three. That's Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Drew Locke, Sam Darnold, Joe, Joe Burrow. Now, Baker, I feel like on the field, I've got enough info to put him in tier two. My problem is, is I don't know that he can overcome Cleveland dysfunction, so I don't know that it's ever going to get better for one. And for two, I just... I just feel like with all these personalities, with this coach, with this past, I kind of just feel like this is a, a situation that's ready to overboil. I, I just feel like it could explode at any minute. I don't feel good about it. So if he, listen, if he goes out this year and they win 9, 10 games, and I actually think Cleveland will be pretty good, maybe I put Baker in there. He's close. He's not there quite yet. Josh Allen, same thing. Um, I like Josh Allen. There's a lot of things I like. Problem is, is I just don't know that he can be accurate enough in this league to win games even with the right roster. He did it last year. That's great. But I think that may have been a one-and-done situation. I don't know that Buffalo is going to be a team that over the next decade can get to the playoffs three, four, or five times. I just don't know. Um, Drew Locke, there's a lot of things I like about Drew Locke. He's trending in the right direction. But again, he's not had any on-field success yet. So I can't put him in tier two and like he didn't have on field like with Tua Tua had on field success at Alabama Drew Locke wasn't really that successful at Missouri they weren't bad but they weren't great it was the same thing with Daniel Jones last year like Daniel Jones came in from Duke well Daniel Jones didn't have a ton of success at Duke Duke's been a decent football team for a while they weren't substantially elevated because of Daniel Jones um Sam Darnold. Again, I like a lot about Sam Darnold, but very similar to Baker. 
I don't know that Sam Darnold can overcome the organizational failure that is the New York Jets. I, I There's a lot of things I like. He makes some bad decisions. There's just not enough there yet. Um, if they listen, if they start off first eight games and they're like five and three, I'll change my mind. But for right now, I just don't think I've seen enough of him to put him in there. And then Joe Burrow, who I know all of you guys love. Uh, listen, Joe Burrow had one good season at LSU. That's it, and that's great. But it was one good season. He had other seasons at LSU and at Ohio State. Nothing was comparable to that. Okay, that to me feels like when I see you have a season like he had the year before and then come out last year, last year feels more like an anomaly, okay? And he's not getting the same coaches, going into a completely new situation. He's going from warm weather to cold weather. He's going from, he's going into a division immediately that's incredible on the defensive side of the ball. Everybody in that division has a good pass rush. I just don't know that you throw him in there with that offensive line, those weapons that they win. So I think Joe Burrow, I think he could work, but I think we're two years away from really knowing. Um, so there's my three division, my three tiers. Now I bring this up. Okay, okay, there's, there's one more tier. All right, I lied. There's three tiers. There's one more tier. Tier four. I call this tier the Mitch Trubisky tier. And in that tier is Mitch Trubisky because only he could be that bad. Boy, I really hope he doesn't listen to this. But um, I'm sure he's a nice guy. But good Lord. I mean, Bears, if you don't start Nick Foles week one, I don't know what that organization is doing. Trubisky is just that bad. I bring all of this up, and I'm just kidding. There's only three tiers. It was a joke. Um, I bring all of this up because everybody wants to tell me how crazy Carolina was for moving off of Cam. Here's the thing. If you're a tier two quarterback, okay, again, a tier two quarterback to me is a franchise quarterback that needs help to win, right? Okay, so if you're a franchise quarterback that needs help to win, and I know this as a GM, then why would I overpay for you? Again, if Cam, if the Panthers were to re-sign Cam, they would have had to pay him more than what they ended up paying Teddy Bridgewater. Well, if I have to pay more for Cam than I do Teddy and I keep Cam, well, then here's the problem. Now I can't afford other players. So if I need players to win, but I can't go get them, it doesn't make any sense. This is going to be the problem the Vikings are going to run into with um, Kirk Cousins. It's the problem the Packers have had for years with Aaron Rodgers. If you have to put a talent around a guy to win, which again is not a bad thing, but you can't afford to pay them half of your team's salary cap. So that's where I go with this thing is Teddy Bridgewater. I don't have to pay nearly as much. I'm not committed long-term. I've got a three-year commitment with him. Well, listen, if Teddy Bridgewater tanks this year, that's great news for Carolina. You know why? Because there's two guys next year, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, who I think immediately are tier two quarterbacks with the potential of being tier one. And then there's Trey Lance, who I think could be a tier two quarterback at some point. So like next year's draft class is just absolutely insane. If you feel like Teddy Bridgewater and Cam Newton are about in the same category, and maybe there's things Cam does better than Teddy... But you know, regardless of what Cam might do a little bit better than Teddy, regardless of that, they both need help to win. Well, then you go with the one you're going to pay less. And it's not about constantly moving off of guys. Listen, you've had Cam Newton for like 10 years now. It's not like this is an organization that just, they drafted a guy who was pretty good for five years and then they moved off of him after his rookie year ended. No, they've had Cam for 10 years. It's okay after 10 years, if I've dedicated to you a decade of my franchise, 
It's okay for us to move on. That's not a big deal. So I have no problem. Listen, is Teddy Bridgewater a franchise quarterback? Yes, absolutely. That's why I've got him here in tier two. All right. um, We spent a lot of time on that segment. My good Lord, did we spend a lot of time on that segment. Um, All right. So here's the other thing I want to talk about. Um, I tell you what, here's what we're going to do. That was a really long time on that segment. Um, Let's take a break. On the other side of this break, we're going to come back. Um, We're going to talk about, first, what if we were to rebuild Bank of America Stadium? There's some news about reduced seating capacity. And an ESPN writer said something very intriguing about the offensive weapons here in Carolina. We're going to get to that and more on the other side of this break. This is the full press coverage Panthers podcast. We'll be right back. Press coverage Panthers podcast back live. Thank you all for joining us. Um, so there is an interesting story here um, about the Panthers. This coming up season, they're going to have reduced seating capacity. Now, this is not a surprise. I mean, we all knew that capacity would be reduced this year. Um, just because of everything going on with COVID. And so if you are a PSL um, owner, um, if you own a PSL seat, then you uh, are able to, you can opt in for this season to get tickets, but it looks like you'll get a reduced number of tickets, or you can choose to opt out the season and everything carries over to 2021, which by the way is a really, really good deal. I'm glad that they're offering that to the fans. Um, if it were me, I would not opt into the season at all because although I feel like we probably have football, I don't have any guarantee of that. I'm not going to spend money on something I potentially am not going to be able to benefit from at all. And if you roll it over to next year and this thing is still continuing, which I mean, please like, let's hope it's not doing that, you know, a year from now, but if you do roll it over to next year and this happens again, you know, hopefully you can roll it over to the the year after that. Um, I, I just, I wouldn't, um, I would not opt in for this year, but you know, it got me thinking reading the story that, you know, Bank of America Stadium is 26 years old. It's almost 30 years old. Um, once a stadium gets to be about 30 years old, a lot of franchises go and rebuild a new stadium. Like, I mean, th- 30 years is kind of that mark where it's like, this thing's been here a while. We got to go and revamp it. We got to do either some major, major renovations to it, or we're just going to go build a new stadium. Um, and so I thought what would be cool is if I gave you my perfect stadium. And I'd love to hear your thoughts. I mean, so tweet at me at sweet sweat CJ. You can also tweet to uh, full press coverage Panthers. Um, tweet me and let me know like what your perfect stadium looks like. We'll retweet you. I'd love to know what it looks like. Um, here's my thoughts though. The NFL needs to become more family friendly. They've spent the past decade generating a women audience, which is great. That's working. The problem is they aren't going after moms. I'm going to give you a situation. Okay. I've got a 10 month old son. He's awesome. Love him to death. Let's say in eight years, he wants to play football. I want him to play football. I mean, I'd love it. That'd be awesome. But then my wife says, no, 
He wants to play football. I want to play football. She says no. She's up number two to one. Who's winning that battle? <laughs> it's not me. It's not my son. It's her. If she says she doesn't feel comfortable with him playing football, I can't force him to do it. You have to cater to moms or there will be fewer kids playing, which is, and I'm not saying my kid ever will have an NFL potential. I mean, I love it. I'm not going to say that, that at all, but that eventually is going to lead to a reduction in talent. If moms all over feel like their kid is not safe, if you don't cater to moms, then they're not going to let their kids play. Now, there's only so many things you can do to make this game safe. I mean, we're talking about guys running, you know, four four forties running flat into each other. Like, I mean, the only way to completely prevent CTE and prevent concussions, the only way is to just not play football. Okay, so I mean, like that's that's it. The game's always going to have a dangerous element to it, but that doesn't mean you can't do things to protect your brand. And I think building the perfect stadium can allow you to do that. So here's my perfect stadium. 45,000 seats. That's where I would cap it off at. Now, that sounds small. Listen, I'm a big fan of smaller stadiums. One of the loudest stadiums in college football is TCU's. It only seats 47,000. You don't need 100,000 seats to have a loud stadium. And I will tell you, Redskin fans will tell you this, that FedEx Field is not nearly as loud as RFK. And yet it seats, when, when in, they've reduced seating since, but when it was at its max, which I think was like 91,000, something like that, when it was at its max, it was almost double what RFK Stadium, the previous stadium, sat. Okay, so FedEx Field wasn't as loud as RFK. It almost had twice as many seats. Having the most, having a bunch of seats in a stadium doesn't equal loud. It just equals a lot. It just equals a lot of seats. It doesn't even equal a lot more people. It just means loud. Um, NFL teams don't make their money on ticket sales either. By the way, this is not their profit profit margin. They're going to get their profit from sponsorships who want to be seen on TV. It has nothing to do about butts and seats. You can also spread out the seats and make the stadium more comfortable. Here's the thing: more and more. I feel like I'm getting a better viewing experience of the NFL by staying at home. But if you made a really comfortable stadium with really comfortable seats, plenty of leg room, people are spread out. Not only do I feel like, I mean, I'll tell you a little story. Okay, so about 10 years ago, I went to a game with my dad. Actually, I think it's been a little over 10 years. But we went to a game and, you know, Redskins scored. So everybody stood up or singing hell to the Redskins. And the guy behind us says, hey, man. Um, can I buy you a beer? And my dad was like, no, that's okay. And he said, you sure? He said, yeah, why? This was a little weird. And the guy was like, because I just spilt half of mine down your back. So like when this guy stood up, like his beer spilt over, but it's because the seats, maybe the guy was drunk, but the seats at FedEx field, you are on top of everybody. It's so uncomfortable and awkward. Make it more comfortable, give people leg room. This also allows, if you can reduce the stadium to 45,000 seats, this allows you to reduce parking and it means you can create more lanes to prevent better traffic flow. Um, here's another thing. I would have designated drinking areas because listen, I want to create a more family-friendly environment. I don't feel comfortable if I were to take a family of five to an NFL game and seat in the top deck, well, I know I'm going to be surrounded by five um, frat bros who are just there to get completely trashed. 
I don't feel comfortable with that. Have designated drinking areas where they can go do that and still see the game. By the way, baseball does this. A lot of baseball stadiums have bars set up with seating so you can still be part of the game. But if you're going to have a beverage and have your beverage, and I love beer. Don't get me wrong. I've got nothing against beer at all. I love it. But if you were to have designated drinking areas rather than, I mean, like, listen, fans are drinking for hours in the parking lot before the game. Hours after the game, they can go without having beer delivered to their seat. Have the designated drinking areas. It it will allow you, by the way, to prevent. I mean, like if you know a a lot of these fights that happen in stadiums, they happen because there's just too much alcohol flowing. Well, if you've got those designated drinking areas, people can't just get completely trashed and get into fights with each other. It, It would just it would completely change the viewing experience. Here's the other thing I would do is I would have screens. In front of every seat, so on the back of the seat in front of you would be a screen that would allow people to check their scores and bet on games during breaks in the game. So you can't have people like checking scores and doing all the stuff while the game is going on, but as soon as you go to commercial, as soon as there's a timeout or something like that, boom, the screens flip on. It can connect to the Jumbotron if you want. You can have people look at live scores if they want to check other scores on the games. And they can make make bets. Sports betting is the new frontier of NFL profits. This just makes it so easy for them to do. It also puts less people on their phones. So that the ones who actually need to use their phones can actually get service. Now you've got more people, you've got fewer people in the stadium. More of those people in the stadiums are using the TVs rather than their phones. And then the people who actually need the phones can get service. It makes sense. And the last one, and this is weird. This is weird. I'm going to admit to it. Debating whether or not you get this. No, let's do it. It's just, it's weird. Nice bathrooms. I know it's weird. Here's okay. And I'm weird too. Whenever I go to a new restaurant, the first thing I do in a new restaurant where we're waiting on table is I go and check the bathrooms. If the bathrooms are nice, we stay. If not, we leave. Why? Because the cleanliness of a bathroom, maybe I, I, mean, I feel like a mom saying this, but the cleanliness of a bathroom shows you how much you truly care about your patrons. In the food industry, which by the way, I used to work at, I used, this is where I got that idea from, but in the food industry, it tells me how clean your refrigerators are. And unclean refrigerators and burners and all that other stuff, that's a recipe, no pun intended, for foodborne illnesses. So anywho, reason I'll bring this up, best bathrooms in college football are at Duke University's Wallace Wade Stadium. I love going to Duke games because I feel like if they're keeping the bathrooms that nice, I'm being taken care of. Like they want me to come back. Have nice bathrooms. This, by the way, listen, no, your college fat bros probably don't care. But the moms out there, they like to have nice bathrooms, right? Again, make it feel like home. People will want to go to the games. People aren't going to want to sit at home and watch Sunday Ticket and Red Zone and all that other stuff. They'll want to go to the games. If you provide a way to decrease traffic, decrease the frat bros getting into fights, create a more comfortable experience... You're going to get more families there and you can start to chip away at those moms who don't want their kids to play football. The, the key to destroying that, um, it, to destroying uh, that mindset is to get more moms and families in at games. I don't think the NFL needs frat bros at games. Listen, you want frat bros to stay home, drink their Bud Light or Natty Light or whatever, play fantasy football. That if more of those guys playing fantasy football is better for the NFL, 
You want families at games, frat bros at home. That's what that's the NFL model that they should adopt. Um, all right, last thing. I spent 25 minutes on that first segment today. You know what? It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing because I wasn't here last week. Longer show today, no problem with that. Um, here's the last thing. So Bill Barnwell, he's a writer over at ESPN. Um, he had a great article, by the way. And he does this every year. He ranks the he ranks the offensive weapons in the league, ranks each team's offensive weapons. You are not going to believe where he had Carolina. Everybody keeps telling me Carolina is a terrible team that doesn't have weapons. Bill Barnwell ranked Carolina's offensive weapons fifth in the NFL. Fifth. I've got two takeaways with this. Okay, and here's his reasoning, by the way. The reasoning is is Christian McCaffrey's just too dang good. Um DJ Moore, he thinks, is a tier one receiver. Now, again, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but he thinks DJ Moore is pretty good. Yad and Robbie Anderson, that's a really, really good set of players. Um, here's the thing, though. Those guys were there in 2018. Not Robbie Anderson, but DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. But in addition to that, they also had Greg Olson. So takeaway one is stop telling me Cam didn't have weapons. He had in 2018 DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, and Greg Olson. Two of those guys, by the way, I think will get really close to the NFL Hall of Fame. And I I just don't know enough about DJ Moore yet to know if he's going to have that type of career. But I know this, he's really, really talented. Everyone on this list was there in 2018 except for Robbie Anderson. I mean, that's it. So the, the roster's good. Here's my second take. This is also why I don't buy that Carolina's only winning four or five games this year. You put any, you put these pieces on any other team in the league, and you would be telling me that's an at least an eight-win team, at least. Okay, so you're going to tell me that, and you're going to tell me that. Hey, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is a great quarterback, but I don't think he's bad either. Well, if you're willing to admit to both of those things, then. How could you possibly think this is a four or five win team? No, this is a great offensive weapon set. And if they can go and if they can go and add David Njoku, boy, that gives you a great tight end, a great receiver with a good number two, and a great running back in Christian McCaffrey, the best running back in the league, my opinion. By the way, apparently Madden thinks so as well. Although I don't really look at Madden ratings too much. But listen, stop telling me this team is bad. I'm not saying they're gonna be great. But I also think when I say that this team could win eight to nine games, that's not a crazy take. When you have a top five, uh, when you have, when you rank fifth in the league in offensive weapons, that's not a crazy take at all. Um, here are the other teams um, that were uh, ahead of the Panthers. Let me see four rankings here at all 32 teams. Um Pull it up. Of course, ESPN wants to like automatically play videos, which I would rather it not do. Um, top. So, okay. So here's who was above the Carolina Panthers. So number one was the Kansas City Chiefs. That's going to be really hard to argue against. Number two was the Cleveland Browns. Now, I think the Browns are probably ranked a little bit too high here. But, I mean, Landry, Beckham Jr., um, Austin Hooper, Nick Chubb, like, 
that's a, a cream hunt. Like I always forget that cream hunt is there now. Um, it, that's a pretty good set of weapons. Um, number three, Dallas Cowboys. I think Dallas is a little elevated here too, but I mean, I love Amari Cooper, love Zeke. So, I mean, it's pretty hard to argue against that group. Um, let's see. And then did they, did they add, they add T.Y. Hilton? They did, didn't they? Yeah. So that Dallas is number three. Number four is Tampa. Now I would probably have Tampa number two behind Kansas City just because I think you've got two great tight ends, two great receivers, and a quarterback that's really, really accurate. If they just and you got a good offensive line, if they just find a way to get a solid running game, um, I think Tampa could be really, really good. And then you've got Carolina number five. Um now just to give you uh clues to the rest of the division, you have the Saints at number six. Okay, so they, he has the Saints ranked behind the or behind the Panthers, and that's with Michael Thomas, and that's with Alvin Kamara. He's got the Saints ranked behind the Panthers. Um, see, he's got. Let's see where Atlanta falls here on this list. To give you the full division picture, Atlanta comes in at twelfth. So I mean, all four teams in the division in the top twelve. So, I mean, this is a very, very good offensive division, which is what I've been saying. So, listen, if the if we can all agree that the best thing about the Falcons, the Saints, and the Bucks, best thing about all three of those teams is their offense. We can all agree to that. Okay, so if we're all going to agree to that, but then I tell you the second best offense in the division belongs to Carolina, that's a playoff team. Now, I don't know that Teddy Bridgewater can necessarily get you there, but, I mean, I can't argue with where we are with weapons. I mean, th- this is a great article um, here by Bill, Bill Barnwell. So I, I completely agree with it, by the way. It's what I've been preaching the past several weeks. I think Panthers are going to be a good team. All right, we're going to end it here. So, again, listen. I want you guys to download the Full Press Coverage app. Make sure you've got that set on your phone. Also, if you're looking to be an editor or a writer, I mean, like, this is really just one of the coolest places to be able to do this stuff, um, podcasting as well. I, I mean, I really thought a couple of weeks ago I'd get a message from Ian. Did, didn't happen. I kind of went out on a limb there. But you know what? When you have the freedom to create and to produce the content you want, that's where you want to be if you're trying to get into this stuff. And so I love it here at Full Press Coverage. So I, you know, listen, it's a great place to be. If you do anything at all, I mean, I'm sure we can put your skills to use. So send me a message, Sweet Sweat CJ. I get you hooked up. You can also go onto the website, fullpresscoverage.com, get plugged in that way. Um, and then lastly, sportscaster.com. I've been preaching this um, for forever, but C-A-S-T-R, sportscaster.com. Go there, bookmark um, the Full Press Coverage page. We've got Full Press Coverage, Pardon the Puck, great podcast there. You can watch them, see them live, um, watch Ian. I think Ian's setup is pretty cool, by the way. Go there. Um, I think he's probably getting more Brady and Bucks jerseys in there. It'll be interesting to see. If his setup over these next few weeks starts including more Buck stuff than Patriot stuff, we're gonna ha- we're gonna have to keep an eye on that. But sportscaster.com, C-A-S-T-R.com, go visit them as well. Thank you all for listening. This is the Full Press Coverage Panthers Podcast. Have a good day. Whoops, we got the wrong audio. Haha, <laughs> made a mistake. Here we go.
Grand Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.